What's up, Miriam? Howdy. Hello. Union of the Unwanted back April 3rd, 2023. Ricky, take it away. What's up, everybody? Another episode of Union of the Unwanted. Uh, welcome. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, every other Monday, exclusively on Rockfin. And then you can find the audio everywhere and the video uh, in time will eventually be free on our Rockfin channel, too. And Odyssey. I think we're still uploading to Odyssey. Um, yeah, we are. So, yep. And uh, so check that out. And another great show, much to talk about. And uh, I don't know if you guys have any any ideas or anything you want to start. But I know Miriam has, you know, it's something that probably can get us going. She just uh, put a lot of time and effort in a project that is now available on uh, Kindle, right? Yes, yes. It's uh, understanding understanding the mechanism mechanisms of the COVID. 19 vaccine gene therapy it's it's about an 80 page ebook and it explains the mrna the spike the peg the graphene oxide and um, details the problem as best we can since we're in uncharted territory and then it, it will go with a protocol but i haven't published that yet and i was just on a vaccine injury space on on twitter and People are lost and, and need resources because there's a whole host of different things that can occur depending on the person. So, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, so you put it together to try to get help for people who have had adverse reactions or? As a functional medicine coach and consultant and journalist, I was commissioned to write a protocol of solutions and then he was a little frustrated with me because I was detailing the problem and I said I can't offer solutions if I myself don't understand what is going on and there are so many different things that can go on like my mom's gallbladder failed and she has a permanent respiratory issue but someone else can have neuropathy and and so this is first to just outline if someone wants to actually understand what this actual science, not scientism is. And then it goes with a protocol, but I really encourage people to work with a functional medicine doctor. So yeah, that's what it is. That's awesome. Cause that is a, a typical question. You know, I don't know if you guys get the, the question a lot, but people ask me like, well, what do I do if I don't feel right? Or if I've been injured or have a loved one that has been injured. And unfortunately, if you live in Massachusetts, every doctor you talk to is going to deny that it's vaccine related. Yeah. The family that uh, my wife's family in uh, Florida, we were um, there a, a while ago. And it's crazy how like from one state to another, how different people handle it because down there they openly discuss that they have a relative or a loved one or a friend who died from the COVID vaccine or uh, you know somebody who they openly talk about not feeling right or people who had side effects and it's just like they're not living in this illusion where you know you just do whatever it takes 
to you know deny that it's vaccine related and it unfortunately you know many people want to move on from this topic but there's a lot of people who can't you know who have been injured uh, who were forced to get something yeah i want to i want to add to just a point to that that i i had a conversation with um old ex who's never gotten any vaccines and just said f it because he wanted to go work in canada and went and got the live attenuated j and j and is absolutely fine and was having an argument with me saying it's like a peanut like someone will have the peanut and be okay without realizing in my researched opinion that there's a whole bunch of different lots that they gave different things to different people and to even gaslight and say that it's like a peanut. No, dude, you got lucky. You got an old school vaccine and you've never had a vaccine in your life. So you have an impeccable immune system because when I told him my mom's gallbladder failed, he was arguing me, how do you know it's not the vaccine? And it's like, please, please. And, and, this on this call there's there was on this space there were so many different people someone was saying like maca it's like no maca it this is not it depends on what the person is dealing with and i'm a big proponent of actually doing tests so if it's if you're dealing with geo or the nano inside of you how are you even gonna it's invisible how are you going to be able to detail that it's nano we know there's te- studies coming out showing the highly inflammatory nature of these nanolipids. So I am a big proponent of detox. And um, it's not, you know, doing a juice cleanse like EDTA, there's EDTA, there's a product called detoxamine. I don't, it's not my product, but it's chelating in a safe way. So again, it's a it's very important to be specific, in my opinion. I have a question for you, Miriam. Have you in this, are you doing anything uh, on the potential of the shedding and how it could be affecting other people? Because I, I think that, you you know, I know most people here probably do know, but I wrote an article at this point almost three years ago on the shedding and I presented it as like a speculative article connecting dots, but it was very well researched. I mean, there were 39 sources, so it wasn't like shooting from the hip, kind of like I have a theory. But unfortunately, a lot of those theories that I presented seem to have come forth as being very much substantiated. And I'm wondering what that means for people and how they can... Because I think people may have strange symptoms that and who didn't take it and not know what to do and how to handle that. Yeah. I would love to see your article. I've been listening to a microbiologist. I think he's in Canada speculating on the nature of shedding. I've been, I call it spiked. I've been spiked. and, And in my particular case, I don't suffer from headaches and would get like a five day marathon migraine headache being next to a freshly boosted person. So I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Kaufman uh, and I want to speak to him about shedding. Also, I was Mm -hmm. on a space with George Webb and the amazing Dr. Tao Braun talking Mm -hmm. about shedding, talking about the histamine receptors, talking about he's saying that the ACE2 has been a distraction, but I, I didn't get deep into it with him. Um, but I think the spike definitely sheds and, and we know that it duplicates the spike. You become a spike protein factory. And then there's this other doctor, maybe you know her name, Courtney 
um, she was doing an interview with Frank Jacob. She wears blue eyeshadow Michaela or something. Do you know who I'm talking oh. about? I don't know. And uh, she was saying that she no longer sees even pure blood that has not been impacted um, by the by the nanotech. So that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. yeah. So I I'm personally that. know that I hey um, I had done like a bioresonance testing, and people may have different opinions on that. But this was a while back, and the doctor thought that I had been injected because they found like spiked protein all throughout me. And, like uh, antibodies, you mean? High antibodies? High no, high they were finding like it, it came up that I that I was like I had spike protein throughout lots of my cells. So it's a bioresonance machine testing. They put like the, mm, the mm, on mm. the wrist and on the forehead. So it's quantum, right? Quantum. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that would be yeah. Um, and so she put me on a whole protocol and I did feel much better. And when I came back, she said that we had detoxed them, but I'm now dealing with something. It's so strange. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And yeah. there could be many other explanations for this. Like it's one of those things. Like I've been to many doctors, both alternative as well as mainstream allopathic medicine doctors. Nobody really seems to have any answers for me. Uh, but what's happening seems like in a, like to, you know, uh, an outsider, just, you know, a cursory look, it would seem like an allergy, like an allergic response, except that it's a chronic. So um, I had this thing where my ear, it feels like an earache, but it's like, there's definitely fluid. It feels like it's draining, not draining. Sometimes it'll be extremely painful. And then when it subsides, it'll be, and I wear hearing aids, as many of you know. Right. So I haven't been able to put the hearing aid in that ear because wow. it's so swollen. And uh, so that was happening and it'll alternate between like super painful and itchy. But then this weekend I had, I had the ear pain, excruciating pain, couldn't wear my hearing aid all year, all, all weekend in that ear. And then my eye, which it's still, that's why I'm wearing the glasses, but it's still like, now it looks more like a sty and it's itching, but it was mm. so swollen and it was not like just not the way like a sty would be where it'd be the bottom lid. It was like, pretty much half my face really swollen and it was also alternating between super painful and super itchy and uh, yeah. mm -hmm. so I want to say that the itchiness to me shows like a kind of like a fungal or something yeah that was my gut react that was my gut instinct I would I'm put my silver I would put a drop of I put put silver in the directly yeah, in the I ear. actually did yeah and uh, I I don't know if I've been putting enough but it, it is start, the swelling has started to drain, so that's that's good. And um, also maybe the, using a nebulizer. Like I'm a big proponent of oh. this nebulizer, and I put I put my silver a drop of iodine and hydrogen peroxide, and then nebulize it. I mean, this is like on Amazon. Okay. Um, yeah, I would definitely. I made my own make concoction. Yeah. And it worked when I had whatever I had and lost my sense of smell right. and taste. And I did that for a few weeks. Okay. And I also don't know what kind of silver you're using, but I say the government came after me for it. So it must be good. It's not right, colloidal. Right. Yes. I'll, I'll have to look and see if I can get yours. I mean, it was like when it was an acute flare up and like uh, the, the woman who does like homeopathic uh, treatments, who's a friend of a friend, just gave it to me because she knew it was happening. But 
I'll have to look at it. I'll text you. And if not, you know. I wonder what Monica, if Monica would have anything to add to that. Oh, yes. I don't, I don't really have the medical answers, although I do think that the, that like the actual quote disease, like the actual bioweapon and the supposed like vaccine or antidote of the bioweapon are actually both super, super toxic because I have noticed this crazy trend of people. It's, it's so devastating Mm. that it's hard to get your mind around of people getting diagnosed with fast moving, unusual stage four cancers. And almost all of them are people I know who have had, were forced to get the jab for work, but I did know one person who did it, but was super, super, super sick with COVID. And I am starting to think that there's like, there's such a profound, like genetic um, implication of that spike protein that, you know, you really can't escape risk. I think, you know, I mean, I think that it seems like, like a five to one ratio on jab to people who are actually super sick, but I'm very, very worried about all these other illnesses, ailments, taking people out. Oh, sorry. I was just to address the genetic component. Um, That's something like I I think you're you're aware of, Miriam, that uh, Dr. Lee Merritt was talking about with the uh, KR26 line, um, that there seems to be a strong, which I kind of have this theory. And I I mean, it is just a theory, but we do know they've done a lot of uh, research on uh, like race uh, targeted bioweapons. And I think that's what most of the genomic project was really about. Uh, again, that's my theory on that part because there, not much came out of it. And there was so much money and research poured into it. And I feel like it was well documented in South Africa. Am I? I mean, I think people know that. Okay. I, I want to yeah. just add regarding the, the turbo cancer that the bioweapon, my understanding, and this is like paraphrase, that it disables, S. there's the S1, and then mm-hmm. the S2 is in charge of enzymatic properties to to quell um, tumor formation. And yeah. so it dismantles S2, and therefore you have the turbo cancer. And it's also, according to, to Dr. Braun, who I have to interview again, that there's a bacterial component that has been overlooked and so if you're like having itchiness again it seems to me like fungal or bacterial or or something mm, to to that effect that you know who knows if it's weakening something that's already in you by getting spiked and then you have a flare-up of a a fungal something or other yeah well there was a bio uh, resonance testing that i had done recently that did pick up fungal um, and then I had another one with myotox, myo, uh, my, yeah, mycotoxins, which are similar. So, yeah, that would- I think what people don't, I, I, something that I've started to notice, I had this crazy experience where I was, my son needed a blood test and I needed a blood test. So we were both at the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. He had this crazy reaction. Like there's a weird thing where some people cannot tolerate seeing their own blood. So isn't that crazy? Like you faint at the sight of your own blood, but not at other. It's the craziest thing. Well, I didn't know this about him. Neither did he. And he just like started doing bacon. It was crazy. And I, uh, I freaked out because you didn't just faint. Like he, he started like freaking out and I, I just was not prepared. So we got him some attention, whatever. And then 
I was still at the place. So I like went ahead and got my blood tested and it came back with this insane spike in white blood cells. They thought I had appendicitis. And I was like, that is so crazy. So I looked it up and stress can increase white blood cells, cancer. Yeah. Like my dog has these tumors and they're like, well, the medicine she's on is an immunosuppressant. And, and people don't realize like it's not an immune system like your body eats up microbes. It's that like you're in a state of health, like your health stasis is required, you know, is is mm -hmm. dependent on. Uh, overall health. And that's what they call the immune system. So if this thing, and my brother died of AZT poisoning, they told him it was AIDS, but like AZT crashed his immune system. Yeah. And I just feel like we think of these, I think we misunderstand the nature of the immune system. And that if something, if you have an inherent weakness like that, if something is in there and like causes a malfunction, anything can happen to you that you need hardening of the arteries or cancer or be more susceptible to microbial problems or when that gut biome, you know, if it's, if you're what you've taken is killing those bacteria, then you can literally have like a mental illness, you know? Yeah. And I just feel like people think of it wrong. And that's why these, all these various diseases can come with, uh, uh, this artificial deterioration of your healthy state. Mm -hmm. And I always look to that, like what artificial thing just happened to me to reduce my overall health? Like I love lysine. Lysine is this massive antiviral. Like it completely, it's cheap as dirt and it, it can, it can help with anything. It's been proven to help with COVID. You probably never heard that before, but it's simply just, it's a building block of, of a, an immune system. And I just, I feel like that's, that's what they're after. And that, that, that'll make you some serious lifelong pharma customers. Hi, I'm uh, Eric Hollerbach of uh, the Highway Diary podcast. How are you guys? I think uh, my whole feeling about this is that conspiracy theory is just legal discovery, you know, but I don't have a lot of hope right now because we just had an ice storm in, in Austin and that happened like a, a whole month ago. And I visit my friend in Georgetown, another person in Pflugerville, and there's all this tree fall. These branches are just in their front yards. And I said, hey, let's grab all these branches and take them in your backyard and let's set them on fire and get rid of them. They're like hundreds of pounds. And they go, no, the HOA says we can't have a fire. I go, can you tell them we're having a barbecue? And they're like, yeah, I think the HOA. So if if people can't get the wood out their front yard, because they have to wait for somebody else to do it. You have to wait for somebody else to think for you. The only rich people right now, I mean, if you're a tree person in Austin, Texas right now, you are in your license before this, you're booked for three years because people won't set their own fires in their own yards because of the HOA. I go, if the HOA comes, you know what I would do? I would shoot them dead. They're on my fucking property. Bunch of snowflakes. I don't want to think about nothing. How did this happen to Texas? Right. Well, we we had the trees. We had like a green initiative to have the trees because trees are nice, That's but awesome. then they interfere with the power lines. And when they get heavy from ice, they all fell and destroy the power lines. And oh. we only trim the trees when they turn the power off. Did you see, Eric, there's this 2017 SPARS document on the Johns Hopkins website. Have you heard of this? I, yes, I, I a lot of these people I've talked about. So there's a chapter in it. In my mind, people think different things about it. For me, it's 100% a step-by-step -step media blueprint of how to handle the rollout of the COVID thing. And there's one chapter in there 
And it talks about what if you had this unexpected, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't actually say like ice storm in Texas, but it's really close to that, like an un, a, a weather event that is, you know, not, not normal for this region and the region can't really respond to it quickly. At the same time, you're trying to propagandize for the vax. What would you do if the screens were down? I mean, it was absolutely like you could draw a timeline of like, first, the president likes hydroxychloroquine. And then like this thing, if you traced it out month by month, you would see what happened in Texas in that regard. But I also think that you should have built a wall between Texas and California if you wanted to maintain your lifestyle and protect it from immigrants in Texas. Because <laughs> the immigration from Los Angeles is what is destroying your culture. I can take it, tell, take it from somebody in Los Angeles who used to live in Texas. Well, I'm from New Jersey, but immediately when my apartment building stacked up the wood, I took my power drill because I'm a goddamn man and I put holes in that and I made wood chips. And every Wednesday I make barbecue out of the wood that everyone else is too snowflake to touch in their own friggin' yard. So I, I like that's how I think about everything. In California, nobody talks about the homeless problem. I know why there's a homeless problem in California. I could solve it. You have to solve the marriage laws. If you are married for five years and then you walk home and someone's just bah, bah, your spouse just bah, bah, bah in the living room, you go to the, you go to the judge and you say, your honor, I have all these photographs of infidelity. You know what he's going to say? Oh, that's your personal business. That's your path. So you can cheat on someone and rob them. That's why there's homeless people in Texas. <laughs> you walk in and your wife, and she's cheating on you or the vice versa in the marital bed. You can shoot everybody dead. Prime a passion. They get mad if you don't shoot your wife. But my other point is the reason why there's homelessness in California is because Madonna was married to Guy Ritchie. Bah, bah. He just starts having sex in the living room. Right. She walks home. Oh, my God, I'm going to sue you for mayor divorce, you know. And then, you know what they did? They said, hey, Guy Ritchie, uh, can you get your penis out of our stenographer? Yeah, we're trying to cut you a check for $97 million. That's why there's homelessness in California. You can cheat and rob. Funny story. I I lived in Tahoe for a couple of winters, and I worked with a dude who had a snowplow truck, like literally just a freak blade attached to the front of his pickup truck. But we would do driveways and all that kind of stuff. Madonna at the time had a home in Incline Village on the Nevada side, Lake Tahoe. Vast majority of our customers were all over there, including Madonna and former Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Oral Hershiser, former snow shoveling client of mine. I don't know if that contributed to the decline of California. <laughs> However, it did contribute to the increase of me doing cocaine at four o'clock in the morning in the cab of a pickup truck before shoveling snow for the next six hours. Not well, it's a, it's a tax break. You know, you move, you got to move to the Nevada side instead of the California side for tax <laughs> purposes. And gambling purposes, of course. Yeah. And there's plenty of desert to bury bodies, I've heard. That's well, very true. I. I was chased after uh, by a woman uh, with a knife who was wearing a mask who told me I was a murderer because I was not wearing my mask. But yeah, in California, in yeah, Venice. With a knife. With what a knife. Yeah, knife she was butter chasing knife? after me. With and a you're knife. the murderer. Screaming, you're a murderer. I'm like, do you no, see the my favorite, 
my favorite yeah. thing to do when I lived in California, when people were yelling at me through a mask about me not wearing a mask, was just look at them you. like I had no idea what they were saying. Right. Like, huh? Until they finally pulled the mask down to yell at me. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh. Are we done? You know? Well, I had the most dystopian. I think I've told the story before, but it was the most dystopian experience at an eye doctor's office. I was getting Shalazians on the IIC out of because I'm blind in the other eye. Um, because of the mask. And so I went to the eye doctor to have them check out my eye. And, you know, because it's my one eye, I was really nervous. And they, there was, it was like a really big waiting room with not a single soul in it. And they insisted that I had to wear a mask. So I finally put on like one of my, you know, one like mesh ones that has the holes in it. And they come over and tell me that that's not acceptable and I need to put on, you know, real mask. And I wouldn't, they literally called security up and I, I'm not kidding. It was like a, like a seance, like they circled me in a semicircle and they started what felt like a chant saying, comply, comply, comply. I'm not making this oh up. My God. And then finally somebody broke this chant and says to me, I'm sorry, you're going to have to comply and put on your mask. Otherwise we will escort you out and we'll have to have you arrested. It's definitely not a cult, though. No, 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 no. Not There's a cult. nothing cult-like about this. This was not a ritual. It was, you know, very normal, you know, just telling me that I have to comply with absolute lunacy. I watched a lady do a presentation where she walked up to a podium, and she, and it made me feel like the whole thing was very, like, a part of a religious ceremony, where she carefully took the mask off, folded it, set it down. There was hand sanitizer. She took two pumps, put it on her hands like this, took a breath, got everything all organ. I mean, it, I watched it and I just said, oh, this is like, she's got talismans and, and, and you know, might as well be rosary beads or whatever it was. The whole thing felt like, I, oh, you've got your little, your little artifacts from your, your, from your religion, your COVID religion. And mm -hmm. it was wild to watch because it felt very mechanical and sort of yeah. empty and sort of ritualistic superstitious it's a superstitious, superstitious. very superstitious yeah it was mm. a it was a trip and and i don't know i mean i think people are i think a lot of people are broken you know i think a lot of people i think that all that yuri bezmanov talk about how six weeks of of subjecting people to nonstop trauma will yep. break them in a point oh. to a to a point where the, they're unfixable that i can shower them with information and it won't make a difference as he said yeah that's true i mean would you agree this ex who was like it's over it's over everybody should just do what they want it's over like i didn't know if subconsciously it's because he took a jab so he can go work in canada if he's acquiescing or do you feel that it is really over because there's still a lot of bloodshed and injured people who have just begun trying to put their lives back together. I don't, I don't think you can get into this country unless you're vaccinated still. No, you can't. I mean, can't. but that what vaccine? Like the effect. one for, yeah. for alpha yeah. that doesn't exist in like COVID-19 yeah. or COVID-20 or COVID-21 or COVID-22 or COVID-23. What is the vaccine that you can't get it? I mean, that speaks to what Charlie's saying. Like it's 
what is that? That is simply a uh, a gesture of compliance, of capitulation. Yeah. It's crazy. And you can't even get the Cuban vaccine or the Sputnik vaccine. It has to be the yeah. American-made, Western-made yeah. vaccine. I just was in Cuba, and I didn't have to take a test. I didn't have to show a vaccine passport. I didn't have to show anything. And that's frigging Cuba. So, mm -hmm. just go Pasta, tell us about Cuba, by the way, because I'm dying okay, to go there. And let me, let me. I, I know you made it. And Okay, there we go. Now we're... Now we're doing it right. What do you nice. want to know about Cuba? Nice. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how awesome it is. I know that 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 it's uh, you know it's off limits to us in America, but the Canadians go and the Russians go and the people you know that yeah. that aren't caught up in these re retarded sanctions they get to go. Yeah. And I hear it's fantastic in some places. What was your experience like? Well, I would definitely second the the notion of uh, sanctions being retarded. You know. Um, and you can go. There are 10 reasons you can go. Everybody on this panel can go because you can go for journalistic reasons. Uh, you yeah. have to fill out a little survey. You, fit, you, know, you pay for your visa. Some places is 100 bucks. Some places is 50 bucks here. The round trip ticket is $240 from Fort Lauderdale to Havana, Cuba. Mm -hmm. um, but they're in a bad way right now. You know, I mean, a lot could be said about these sanctions that are thrusted upon them. Even in the Restrict Act, they were one of the five or six countries that were listed as a foreign combatant. And that can be changed at any single time. Uh, but, you know, along with these sanctions, as far as, you know, them not being able to uh, you, you as an American, you can't access your bank accounts. You can't even look at your bank accounts. Uh, and then are also labeled as a state state sponsor of terror. Uh, and this happened with a week to go in Donald Trump's uh, last presidency. He literally threw these sanctions on them and amped them back up. They also restricted him from getting remittance. Uh, you can only if you're a family member. And you have a family member, then you can send money. We can't legally send money to anybody over there. Uh, there's not many ways to get it over there. The cap was a thousand. I think Biden has now lifted it and allowed for family members to give more than a thousand, uh, and and has opened up the direct flights from South Florida, from D.C., uh, from other areas to do so. Um, however, you know, I mean, and I might get in a little trouble from you know, I'm trying to go back, but who, you know, I'm gonna tell it like it is. I'd say about the problems that are existing within Cuba, probably 85% United States and 15% Cuba. Cuba did shut down the island for like six to nine months, lockdowns in and out. Unlike Nicaragua, where the leader Daniel Ortega said, "Listen, Nicaragua's got Nicaraguans got to eat, so Nicaraguans ain't having lockdowns." Well, Cuba didn't do that. They locked down their their island and they depend so much on tourism that it just crippled them. You know, we talked to people who are a little bit older who are very much pro-revolution and they will even tell you right now with their rations, you know, they get two pounds of sugar instead of six pounds of sugar a month. They get half the rice they used to get, half the beans they get uh, because they're dealing with these, this blockade, these problems. And, you know, unfortunately, Cubans can't feed themselves like the Nicaraguans can as well. So, you know, there are those problems and they exist. But interestingly enough, talking to some of the younger people, you know, I mean, <clears throat> so many of the activists that I know, the anti-imperialist leftists that I know are always like very much Viva la, la Revolucion. They got their Che shirts and whatnot. But younger people, they, they're not necessarily they don't care about the revolution anymore. They're like that revolution was 60 years ago. What are we going to do to eat? We need to eat. Hey, they know Costa, the United States is 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 breathing over their neck behind them, but they also understand that their government needs to do some things. Now, the good news is, and a lot of people don't know this, is that Cuba is now moving more towards the Chinese and Russian model, the, the Vietnamese model, the Nicaraguan model. It's something uh, that we call market socialism, uh, free market socialism, where the government in Cuba, it would have only 27 industries, there's 27 sections in which they allowed private business and where the communist government 
we control a lot of the businesses. Now they're going to reel that back. They're looking to get open markets and they're looking for people to come in, mainly in the tourism business, which I understand. And they're going to have 222 areas in the economy now they're going to be open for privatization so that is very interesting however they still do have a lot of problems i believe that this particular government in cuba uh being that this communist government will never ever get the boot of the united states off their neck mainly because of the cuban missile crisis i still believe that is the major factor in which the oligarchs or the elites or the ruling class whoever's calling the shots here are going to say no never will they let the, the you know the, them breathe with this government but, you know, Diaz Canal, who is their leader right now, he is not Castro. He needs to somehow sell this. I'd like to see him be a little bit more, you know, out there and, and trying to extend an olive branch, even though he's going to get spat in the face by the United States. Put it on them, saying we're willing to work together. I didn't put missiles on this island. I want to feed my people. Let's move forward. Um, they had made a pact with the Chinese now and the Russians, and they're looking to bring in these markets. So it's very, very interesting. You know, I, I never look at the isms. I never say it's about the isms. I always say it's about the geopolitics, which means so much. So it's interesting to see what happens. Uh, I definitely, you know, even though Cuba can't has a hard time feeding themselves, there's zero homelessness there. There's zero homelessness there. There's no you know, there's not a drug problem there on the streets and whatnot. So there are pros and cons to what's going on. But I'm very eager to see what they can do moving in the future. And I'm going to continue to go back there as much as I can. Did they have the internet infrastructure to accept cryptocurrencies as a solution? That is something to we're talking about. There are they so somehow they found some ways. I talked to an accountant. See, that's another problem with with Cuba, right? It's an island full of PhDs. They got to structure more of their society to you know carpenters and bricklayers and that stuff. From what I understand, there's a lot of that. A lot of people who are handymen as well, but they can't get the resources in there. They can't get the cement into the country. Um, so. Even though they have like some forms of weak internet, that's something I hope hope they really take off with is they have a municipal internet and they really boost it and boost it hard. But right now they haven't embraced the full potential of Bitcoin. I would have liked to have seen some Bitcoin ATMs all over there and hopefully just finding a way where the Cuban government would find, have their central bank work with these cryptocurrencies, even if it is just Bitcoin, to get money to the people because that's a way of getting around the remittance problems. You know what I'm saying? There's activist exactly. groups that want to send money directly to the Cuban people, but they can't do it because they're not allowed to. Pasta, I have a question. Did you uh, play a character almost? or I, I don't want to break kayfabe or anything, but was there a character you were developing there? The oh, when I put my hat and my cigar on? Yeah, yeah. I just want to know like what the Cuban <laughs> people should do. And maybe like a charismatic leader could rise from the Cuban people. Rise and then put them in the right direction. Thanks well, for having me on, definitely, Charlie Robinson. Cuba's definitely yearning for uh, another white dude from Florida to tell them what to do. <laughs> That's definitely what, That's yeah. what's missing. An, an Italian-American, nevertheless, right, to uh, the casinos. I saw books about the mafia there beforehand, and when I yeah. told people uh, I was Italiano-Americano, they were like, ah, oh, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, really, to tell you the truth, only time will tell. Diaz-Canal definitely seems very much in line with the communist party and, and loyal to the revolution um one of the big mistakes they had right here is and it's understandable i went there to try to gain access to their election i couldn't get in you know i i i established a relationship we went to the international uh press uh division in cuba introduced ourselves um but they're very hesitant to let people in you know especially americans you know the cia tried to kill castro how many times 
So they're a little hesitant, but they have to break that barrier. This is one thing that Nicaragua was doing with Daniel Ortega. He opened up the international community to come on in. Everybody, even the NGOs that he knew sucked, but everybody. There was literally like 500 to five or 600 people, international observers, and he spread them throughout the island and said, go. And don't just observe, scrutinize. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have a video in a, in a room with election officials in Nicaragua. For an hour, I'm grilling them. For an hour. So by doing so, doing that, and then you had hit pieces, as the hit pieces are taking place on election day, where the New York Post is writing some ship, somebody in Long Island's writing some crap, or oh, the Washington, uh, Washington Post is writing some stuff, uh, independent media journalists like myself were able to debunk it in actual time. So that says a lot when you can represent the will of the people and you have a, a, a system that represents the will of the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, just like us here in America. Not like us here in America. That that is the main <laughs> that's the main problem we have. We don't have a system that allows us to get civil servants in play. And that's why yeah. I feel so strongly about it because I believe it's Terrible. it's the way to our personal freedoms is to get civil servants and then dismantle everything from the outside. I don't think we'll ever be able to go after the oligarchs until we get control of our situation over here. That's just my personal opinion. But uh, Cuba needs to open up the doors when it comes to their elections. Diaz Canal has an election in two years. I like to see him do that. But, you know, it's going to be interesting because there are hardliners in, in Cuba that, you know, are very much still that communist way. But we'll see as they open up these markets to privatization. It's going to be interesting. Impostor. What was like uh, interacting with just your average person in Cuba? What is their perception of like the world, what's going on right now, and of America? Well, interesting you ask because Cuba is the sixth Latin American country I've gone to, and from the get go, I always thought there'd be a problem being that I'm American, that people would hold some you know personal feelings against me personally, being a citizen of this country that has the boot on their neck, and that's never the case. A lot of people in Latin America they understand that the United States people and Americans are amazing. Cuba was top of the list as far as people being friendly and nice. And they're in the most trouble right now. Uh, they were just amazing, you know. And there are a lot of people I've met that's showing frustration with their own government right now. You know, they understand, like I said, that, you know, it's the American government that has the boot on their necks. But they look at us like brothers and sisters. They really do. But, you know, there's times where, you know, one of the things I have a video with me dancing with a lady because she pulled me up, let's dance. And I started dancing with her. And after she was done dancing, they said they had to go. And I went to give her a hug and she broke into tears asking for money. Oh. And I can see on the man's face, her boyfriend, you know, how fucking humiliating, how humiliating it is for, for these people. And that's that's something that really, really stuck with me, because like I said, they there's a lot of people. It's like an island full of PhDs and everybody's got a phone there. So they look on their phone and they see just 90 miles away, there's people who have the same doctorates as them, the same PhDs, and they're living a decent life while there has to be a cab driver on the side or or try to find a way. There's a lot of people in Cuba. I feel bad for the men, you know what I'm saying, for the men of Cuba, because what can they do? They're, they're stuck. You know, you walk into a club over there and, I, you know, I have 75 percent of the girls are looking at me. And for a second, I'm like, oh, I must look good tonight. And then I realize it's no, it's because I'm a gringo <laughs> from America. And I spell opportunity. I spell it. I spell a chance out. You know wow. what I'm saying? And in most of the people you talk to, their concerns are feeding, feeding their children. Like they all have a, a roof over their head. There is no homelessness there, but they have they have an issue right now. And that's eating. And when you when you can't eat, you're going to immediately look at the government that's controlling you right off the bat. So, I mean, amazing people, the friendliest of all the countries I went to. Um, but only time will tell. And I'm excited for them in some ways. 
but I'm scared in others because the United States is really, really, really. And this is the reason why we have a, a, a migration problem. You know, going back to what Monica was saying over there, talking about, you know, th that's not the solution, putting a wall between Texas and California. It's closing down the 83 bases we have over there, controlling people and keeping them so strapped so we can extract those resources for pennies on the dollars. And all these countries I went to, they're using our monetary system. And that's when we want to make sure we put these loans on them. So that's the solution right there. Close the freaking bases because the number one thing that these people want, and people have this misconception that they're all socialist and communists. No, that's not the case. There's people on both sides of the aisle there, but they all want one thing and one thing first, their national sovereignty. The same thing that was taken away from us in the 2020 election, they want it too. They want a right to choose their own government, their resource sovereignty. They want a right to, to call the shots and not have America Monroe Doctrine style to tell them what we to do. And if we do that, that would solve that would go a long way in solving a big part of the immigration problem we have in the United States. Well, tell them to get in line because I want the same thing. <laughs> Pasa, what was their response to the Rona regime, given also they have more doctors per capita, from my understanding? I've been to Cuba twice as a Canadian. They have more doctors per capita than any other place. So what was their response? The response to to the Rona regime took. What did they do for the for Corona? Oh, you mean the, the Rona? Well, first of all, they had their own vaccine, uh, no mRNA, no spike protein. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, here's the thing: it's not a concern as much. And that's the same thing we saw in Brazil, right? In Brazil, we were heard, "Oh my God, Bolsonaro is going to get out of there. Lula's going to come in. He's pro-vaccine, and he is. He's vaccine friendly. That is his weak spot." But most people don't care. They care about the economics. They care about food. If you can't feed yourself, that's going to be your number one issue no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So they do still have more trust in their government and their health system when it comes to, you know, uh, pharma because they don't have, you know, the the, the same mechanisms we have over here. Um, and I think it's like a 90-something-odd percent uh, of, of vaccine rate over there of their vaccines. But they just, you know, and once again, you can't get statistics, Miriam, about the the effects and everything over there, you know. So it's it's a little bit different. But from what I heard, you know, most people weren't affected by it. They didn't know anybody who died from it. So, so uh, it's not a concern on their mind. And and that and that was the case for Brazil. Most people cared about getting chicken, milk, and eggs in their refrigerator. So more one, than one of the stories that kind of went away last year was that for a brief moment. Like they were uh, reporting on these protests in Cuba. And yeah. so over the course of like a week here, we were getting news about that and then no more news. So did you yeah. have do you have any follow up on the result of that or what happened? Well, I did make a contact, but we didn't get enough uh, information. First of all, I didn't do any like filming where I have people uh, where I'm going to take their video and put it up. I didn't get permission yet from the Cuban government government to, to be press out there. You know, I you know next time I might. So I I wanted to take it slow. We talked to a lot of people. We recorded some some you know uh, some interviews uh, audio wise. Uh, but I am starting to make connections with that group, the actual area where it's at. So next time I go back, we're going to dive a little bit into that. We have some uh, a, we have some interviews set up. So we're gonna we're gonna follow up on that. And that is from what I understand is very much true. And I from what I heard, there are a lot of people that are still jailed from that time when they tried to start this color revolution of sorts. Um I don't know if there was any D backing, money backing behind it, 
but we'll see. But I can just see people getting upset with the government itself, and that's a that's a healthy thing, anyways. You know what I'm saying? Everybody should be somewhat skeptical of their government, even if it's a government they trust a little bit more than say that we trust our government. Um, but it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Cuba, they do. They're very bureaucratic and they're very reactionary from their history. You know, from the United States getting up all in their business. So I, I am going to follow up on that. I have some great leads, and I will be able to report back on that more. Hopefully mid-May when I come back, because I'm going to go May 1st for their May Day. Nice. Plus, I guess I had a question, too. I heard you had uh, like a Gibson Go taken down or something in relation yeah. to this. Was that yeah. because of like the embargo or sanctions yeah. on Cuba that they just said, no, you can't have any funds related to that whatsoever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they were very vague about that. I thought it was kind of stupid because there's reasons what you can't you can't give like you know you you can't give remittances, you can't help, you can't bring things there, only personal things, or if you have somebody. So, I, I it was a little you know startling when they did that, but I was very lucky that I have a good enough following where somebody called me up and said, "I don't care, just get your ass there, throw your money in, your, threw my money in the account, and I went to Cuba." But yeah, that was because of the reasons they listed all these other countries that you can't even mention, you know, mm -hmm. Iran. Um, both the Donbass regions, uh, Cuba, Venezuela. So, you know, it, it was because of the sanctions. Uh, but who took you stupid. down? Gifts yeah. and Go took you down? Gifts and Go. Gifts and Go. They refunded was it the money Gifts and, and, and took Go it down. or was it Stripe? It right. was, well, Gifts and Go said that Stripe wouldn't process the yeah. funds, right? Okay. So I asked Gifts and Go, I said, but this out. has been up for two and a half, almost three weeks. Why are you yeah, telling so me this it. now? So you it know? would be, yeah, so it's Stripe. Yeah, so it's Stripe. I, yeah. I've spent, like, all day uh, on the phone with various goons from Stripe. Really? Some of whom are now units. So, and Stripe, uh, <laughs> Venmo, PayPal, they're all connected, aren't they? Yeah. So how do you yeah. get around this? Because most of these... The, that that's what they use there doesn't seem to be any well, that's, alternative that's what i've been saying like what, what what does it take for us to start our own bank look there's folks out there no. well, there are it. banks yeah. out there Gaming but they don't work right but they but they don't work with these platforms like the, the, okay. there's a missing link in the interface yes that's the problem look look it's we'll not start that a bank there aren't banks look. there are because I, I know like my health share uh sponsor they have their own bank like it's called lime and they are like a free speech like very localized regionalized okay. bank they but they are throughout the country uh but they don't work with uh, a lot of the technological interfaces so that's the yeah. problem that's the big problem there's a big choke point for us but it's a huge market like how about we start a bank how We'll keep 20% reserves on hand at all times, okay? Something like that. Like, But there must be that. some bank that's already done this with what you're saying, Scott, because it yeah. is a huge, um, you know, you okay, gives and go. They're independent, but then they're yeah. still dealing yes. with Stripe. Oh. And then you find out all these players are all owned by the same. They're owned. It's a conglomerate. So that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. The problem is not that they're on the banks. It's, it's the teaming up. So people like gives and go need to be working with these private banks. And I don't know if it's that they're they don't know or if it's that they're really aligned and that's kind of their out so they can get both markets. I, I don't know. I'm just putting forth. Well, you know, or or is it like the giving the semblance of being independent? But then well, that's what I'm saying that they're yeah. but so they can get both markets. They can get you know because they're 
they've got the mainstream platforms behind them so they can back they can use them as the cop out but they look independent so they can attract that market as well so i don't know if that's what they're doing or if it's more innocent that they just don't know that there are other private banks that they could work with it's Um, there's no innocence involved here as an example (laughs) the founder of patreon is a world economic forum young global leader okay so let's be very clear about who these you are there as long as they want you there. And the minute you start to get too close to something that right. is unacceptable to the establishment, they turn you off. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and you're, you're and, right that most of the time they, they're actually created by, uh, you know, much if, if they're not created, they're, they're co-opted, they're co-opted and in, yeah. brought into, you know, sure. In, you're given an invitation to go to Davos. Yes. And then once and you're there, you get the indoctrination. And then once you're there, it's made clear to you that if you continue to do what we want, you'll be the company store. We're right. going to get what the CBDC you- so that they only work at the company store, but you'll be one of the company stores. You'll be you'll be in without any c- competitors. But if you don't do what we say, we'll destroy you. So, right. you know, the silver or the lead, which would you like? And that's I the saw- offer that's made to them. I saw where Adam Curry just tweeted out that like now during no agenda streams in real time, they can take like Bitcoin lightning. Yeah. Yes. What, uh, maybe Mike has a little podcasting 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Podcasting 2.0. Podcasting 2.0 yeah. thing. Um, it, that's a potential viable alternative yes. There, yes, we, we should try to create some sort of independent yeah. bank thing. So you could, so here's the thing: like you could have a private bank, and you could go to Cuba and still not have access to it because of the the internet. They they shut down uh, the right. the pathway there. But the way around that, and which which I I think will be probably it's much more difficult. But using ham radio to send internet packages, so you're using open air shortwave radio to send binary code so you're not using typical internet traffic you're just hitting a relay and that's going to some server and that's much traffic much 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 more difficult to to track down or track down and block i mean there's shortwave going into cuba right now uh there's shortwave coming out of it so i mean it's it takes a a lot more knowledge to get that done but it's very possible there's been basically like a, a soft war on ham radio relay towers over the last five to seven years. Is this something that you can pirate up fairly easy? I don't think it's Let's say I don't, hypothetically. So I think you need a particular type of ham uh, receiver and transmitter, a particular type of Wi-Fi router like a Linksy, and I think with a little bit of knowledge. And you might have to have your ham broadcasting license to to do this, but there are really set up for this to send just basic uh, regular old old email over ham or shortwave to do that. Um, it's a, it takes a little bit of time, but if you're sending hypothetically like a a Bitcoin transaction or a crypto transaction, which is mostly just all binary text or some sort of encrypted bytecode or something, uh, that might travel much faster. Uh, I don't know, but I think there's potential there. And uh, a huge market for people who want to bank wherever they want to go. And as long as they have access to some sort of shortwave relay station, then you should be able to do your banking. 
Bitcoin mm -hmm. ATMs on that island would be just so amazing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a company I know, Phoenix Crypto, that makes these. But if we can somehow send them to Mexico and then go in from Mexico to Cuba and get Bitcoin ATMs and get them all over there and they can people can get remittance, you know what I'm saying? It would just change the game. They'd be able to get money from anywhere, any place that has a, 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 the ability to get Bitcoin. And the last thing I want to say too before I forgot to say before because it's important to me because, it's, you know, I and I know I took up a lot of time talking about Cuba uh, and I was talking about something that was very humiliating for some people, though. But one of the things I think one of the the greatest experience and Ricky and Charlie, I know you guys will love this, is that I brought with me 18 baseballs and uh, a, a baseball mitt and whatnot. And I was able to give them out in the streets to the kids nice. in Havana. And man, that was so just fucking awesome and rewarding. And I didn't film it because uh, my friend was out and I just went out there and did it myself and but I want to do that again. So if I ever get the opportunity to come back on to as well and talk about getting donations or people just sending old baseballs or old mitts, because mitts are expensive nowadays. They're, they're ridiculously priced. But if anybody gets a hold of those things, uh, because what they do is they allow you on the flight to bring a, a personal item, a checked in baggage and a carry on. I didn't even bring a carry on. I'm going to bring a carry on next time and just have all baseballs, mitts and the whole nine yards, uh, because that that part is just, you know, the human element of. You know, just touching somebody in the hearts. And I made sure to tell them, Ricky, Vamos Mets, no Yankees. <laughs> well, we'll uh, do that. When next time you're going on a trip, we'll 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 sort of uh give us some heads up and we'll I will. I will. We'll let people yeah. know maybe a place they can send some stuff yeah. if they want, or maybe money that gets converted into whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kirk, you seriously, if 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 I can be a service, please reach out uh next time you go. I'd I'd love that. Uh, also, will, I've got to run, guys, but this was awesome hanging out with everybody. This is just such an honor to hang out with you guys. So thank you again. Uh, I know. Well, you didn't say anything, Brandon. Tell us I'm what's up before you I'm leave. You, you got to give us something. I, I, tell you what, I will give you something, and thank you for that. Uh, we are doing contact at the Canyons, Mar um, this the 20th through the 24th. My wife and I are going. Graham's going to be there. Brandon Powell, Ksenia Moore. There you go. Thank you. Uh, come, come hang out with us. Uh, David Matheson. Um, it's going to be awesome. So thanks again, man. I appreciate Where's that. But at? seriously, Where's at? in Utah. So okay. absolutely check this thing out. Uh, Graham, do you want to drop a link in the chat so they could share that? Yeah, sure. My man, I just got to bounce, guys. Thank you so much. Again, this is incredible. Thanks, and thank you. Thanks, Brandon. We'll Bye, guys. Bye, next time. Graham, you guys are always doing yeah. cool stuff with your on these trips. What do you guys have planned? Well, we got like uh, stargazing, myth, the myths, the mythologies of the stars. Like David Matheson is a, you know, he's just so knowledgeable in the ancient myths and how they correlate to the constellations. So we'll go out in Bryce Canyon, overlook all the stars. We'll go for a hike in Zion, hike in Bryce. Brandon Powell will be there doing uh, cold plunges and Wim Hof breathing, stuff like that. So we got a bit of a shamanistic feel to it as well. And just hanging what? around with like 30, 40 awesome people, so... But the rest of the summer, too, I feel like now's the time for people to plan what they want to do. And you guys always have cool trips going with like Randall Carlson. Yeah. You have stuff yeah. going for the summer? Uh, just in May, Randall Randall Carlson in May, uh, May 15th, traveling around Washington Scablands with him for five nights, for yeah, five nights, five days. Now, Grant, Grant, when you're out there in these areas surrounded by weird people, I'm assuming... Uh, does, uh, do you guys see anything experiencing? Like there's a lot of energy out there. Have you seen anything like you can't explain yeah. or st stuff like that? We were just talking about that on Brandon's show a couple days ago. 
And I just heard from, so I, we saw there was two UFO sightings at our, our uh, Colorado event when Ra Randall was there at that one too. And it turns out it might've been Elon's uh, Starlink, but this was 2018, 2019, but it was like two different sightings of multiple people saw this like worm-like thing in the sky with a bunch of lights, you know? And I was looking up, I go, yeah, but Elon sent Starlink, but it wasn't, the timing wasn't right. So we, and I'm then, in Colorado now and we still don't have Starlink. So <laughs> I guess it was just launching, launching from there. And then we Probably saw just aliens. There was a couple sightings uh, in Utah, not last year, but the year before as well. But a whole bunch of people saw something as they're getting back into the van. So yeah, interesting. And there's always people talking about like their UFO sightings and strange experiences. And I mean, it's just like all of us hanging around for a weekend kind of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Is all that adultbrain.ca? No, that's our audiobooks. That's uh, contactofthecabin.com. Okay. I like what Pasta was saying about the uh, baseball mitts. I think like uh, we have to counter whatever they do. We have to, we have to gain a function, our own happiness. And whether that's uh, playing baseball in the street or, you know, boxing, uh, disc golf, like I I'm a grumpy bastard. I, I have to do boxing in the morning. I have to throw Frisbees. My mom, she used to make the pasta, you know, with she would make the sauce. I'm Jersey Italian trash. She would beat the shit out of me with the wooden spoon. You know, I got spiders in my brain. I have to go throw Frisbees. I have to go, you know, go boxing. Go the golden gloves and shit like that. Otherwise, I uh, I go nuts. You need community. Well, Look for that's UFOs. That's why Scott on, on and I are doing our event because we we think people need to have community and have fun. So the the parent company is actually called Fun. It's the Freedom Unity Network. So yeah, but go. I agree that that's exactly what they don't want. Great. Yeah. Tell, what's Stop. the talk about the event? The Nashville event. Okay. Okay. So oh, you want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. Yes, yes, yes. Let me just chill. Let me get <laughs> let me get right into hype hype man mode. Here we go. So yeah, go. As soon as hype. you guys are as soon as you guys are done with contact at the canyon, right? You can start planning your trip to Nashville, Tennessee for Rebels for a Cause. Rebels for a Cause. And the website's rebelsforacause.com. And the yep. cause is an acronym. It stands for Creative Artists Uniting for the Sovereignty of Everyone. And it's just yep. gonna be a, so it's a two-day event. Um, we've got this awesome venue booked in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about 15 minutes south of Nashville, but it's a Nashville event, right? So you'll fly into yeah. Nashville airport, you know, man, I can't even tell you, it's going to be awesome, man. So we've got, we've got comedians, we've got live music, we've got live podcasts, we've got speakers, we've got VIP hangouts and packages and stuff. It's just going to be epic. And right now, so as of right now, we just booked a whole bunch of people just this last week. We're in talks with several other people, uh, but let me get this pulled up here. So right now, um, well, on this call, I'll tell you right now, we got Stephen Pasta coming in, which is mm -hmm. going to be awesome. We've got, uh, I think I'll see who else. Well, so I've talked to many of you, any of you I've not talked to. And the union of the one Telegram channel, I've kind of put it out there like, hey, guys, come on down, come on down. So anybody that wants to be involved, let me yeah. know. Uh, Eric, Graham, Mike, any of you guys? I know Ricky, we kind of talked about it. Like Miriam, we talked about it. Monica, I think yeah. you're going to be busy that weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, but, yeah. but, but, but it's going to be so cool. So just this last week, we did confirm uh, uh, Owen Schroyer from InfoWars, host of the War Room, is going to be there. Uh, we also yeah. have Alec Zek, uh, Jay Dyer and his wife, Jamie, are going to be there. Ryan Christian, mm -hmm. Last American Vagabond. Mel Kay, flying in from New York. Um, we've got yeah. Mike Winner from the Alpha Vedic podcast, which is yeah. such a great show. If you guys haven't uh, checked that show out, that's uh, really, really. 
Fantastic. The great Matt Baker from San Diego, Dr. Ben Marble. Um, let's see, Kevin Jenkins, Susie Olson Corgan, uh, Michael Graves, who's like used to be the lead singer for uh, the Misfits. Uh, the Unjected Gals are flying in from Hawaii. Uh, we've got uh, Etienne de la Boise squared uh from uh government the biggest scam expose expose the art of liberty just dude I, I got that's just even like a small a good fraction percentage of it and we're just adding yeah. more and more and more uh as the days go by so like you could you could make a pretty decent schedule of like hitting all these events this summer yep yeah, yeah. Like somebody that yep. was into this and you were just like fuck it i'm just gonna yep. go on tour just, this just summer like, like i'm going to concerts be encouraging go, a culture like a of like tour. truth community yeah grateful yeah. dead Bestie. go to every show yes. travel Bestie. around only the freedom tour <laughs> yeah that's yeah. exactly what like it is a good place for it, chicks to meet what dudes, happened like, if i were single gal people i'm just totally. saying probably you know, go on the road good ratio yeah, but i mean really like he asked me like, sure. what is the truther community exactly about? Because, you know, uh, our friend Wyatt, like we were discussing, you know, uh, what this community is about. And I said, well, yeah. you know, what what sticks out most to me is that I look at them as the teachers of the social engineers. You know, yeah. these are what these people are looking at more than anything, understanding and identifying that there are, you know, powers that be that stand over our governments, whether it be, you know, like I said, socialism, communism, capitalism, whatever the case yes. may be, but understanding, you know, where a lot of what we're witnessing comes from. But, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's it's interesting when you try to explain to some people what this is all about, because they're like, well, what does this mean? That if it's, if it's the fact that it's all these oligarchs are calling the shot and we have a ruling class, what does that mean within our, our governments and the way they're existing now? How do we look at that? How do we deal with that? How do we fix that? So th that's something interesting that I had to explain this kind of weekend to a friend of mine last weekend to my friend of mine about exactly what this community is, because I think I think a lot of you understand how you're pegged, right? Like, oh, they're just all right. Conspiracy theorists with the helmets on their head. I'm like, no, they identify the groups that have been calling, you know, the shot for quite some time, you know, yeah. understanding the Bilderberg group and all these other you know, other social engineers. I, you know, love using Courtney's terms there, social engineers. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's how I'm kind of explaining it to some people who might not be in the truth of the community or understand it, but are starting to kind of look inside to what's going on. Because I tell them, I'm like, you know, my community, the reason why I knew so much about COVID and you guys is like, how did you know all this stuff? I'm like, well, I had this truth of the community I can lean on and listen and learn from them. But, yeah. you know, it's still hard for them to grasp and understand and you know it is but i so this is you know kind of the genesis for this event is that i always say that you know they're the social engineers the powers that be or the powers that shouldn't be rather like their goal is to create a transhuman leading to post-human world that is controlled by an ai high borg mind that they program and i think if there is an antidote to that it is to be radically more human and one of the things that makes humans humans i believe is that we are creative beings Right. So the part of creativity is art and art is one of the things that the social engineers, you know, like you were saying, there is no, you know, organic culture creation. There is like culture uh, creation by, you know, these essentially the military industrial complex and uh, these social engineers who either infiltrate, co-opt or create culture as a means of steering the masses, socially engineering them. But 
that doesn't mean that there isn't actual real art that is done by people who are pro-humanity, that are pro-freedom, pro-individual sovereignty and personal agency, and who want to inter interact socially. We're social beings. So that's why I think it's so important that we do do events like this so that we can be in person because they want us atomized and siloed in these, like, essentially what they want is to create this, like, siloed metaverse. So everybody is in their own little atomized space on the internet where nobody has any frame of reference for reality. You know, I use this example when we were talking about, um, you know, what, how they're, uh, socially engineering people through, uh, social media right now. And I was drawing the comparison to in the old, you know, the quote unquote old days with the magazines. And, you know, you always had these images of things that were not necessarily real and they would use the negative feedback loop uh, to prey on people for consumerism. And uh, typically they target women uh, because they're one, they control the purse strings in most cases and uh, two, they're, you know, they tend to be more susceptible to that type of programming. But what they're do, what they did then was you still had a frame of reference. You could look at a magazine or you could look at movies and TV. And these were these perfect, perfected images, which you knew that they were photoshopped and that they were, uh, doctored up in whatever way. But you would step outside and you would see real people. So you had some sort of frame of reference. Now everything that's being projected to you is being targeted to you directly on a screen and it is they ultimately want it to be in a virtual reality system and one of the best ways we can combat that is to interact with each other irl in real life and to have fun doing it and to watch people organic art artists creating real art that has not been created by the cia or some other Hi. Yeah. I want to th demonstrate the power of what you're talking about in yeah. an, an example, which I think is like straight out of deep state psyops, whatever. Okay. I've been watching this on um, Amazon Prime, A Long Strange Trip. It's Martin Scorsese's Grateful Dead documentary series. Uh -huh. And yeah. my husband's a deadhead and he like does not, he won't let me tell him oh, about I the books too, I read. I, I know yeah. all about them, but, but I'm not allowed to like, I'm not allowed to ruin it for him. And I don't know, oh, <laughs> but, but I'm watching this thing. And the whole time I'm like, they went out of their way to not be like the superstar band with the albums and stuff. They went out of their way where you had to go to them and they handed out acid. And yep. even when someone was trying to make like a rockumentary out of them, they dosed the film crew, you know, and they thought that was funny. And I'm like, they didn't think that was funny. Like they, they did, they wanted this experience that you had to be there live because they had to connect with you personally. And of course, I think that's how they neutralized an entire generation. Oh, yeah. But that power of being there, I think that was such a powerful movement. It's all about being there. Yeah. The Playboy I mean, After Dark then... story about the Grateful Dead, where they did an episode of Playboy After Dark, and Hefner was so paranoid about being dosed that he had somebody sit on a case of Coca-Cola the entire night. And so they wound up dosing the coffee. But oh my gosh. Can you imagine guy... dosing liquid? Like, how did that's well, there is the no dosing? Had... It's no, unlimited. no, no. Yeah. It's and you don't know who likes coffee. So some people oh, that's just really crazy. like coffee, and some people only like a little bit. So it's a crapshoot. But the guy they had sitting on the case of Coca-Cola was Shell freaking Silverstein. No way. Yeah. No yeah. way. Like yeah, the giving tree. I know that story. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, but he was a big guy. Yeah, but the, yeah, Charles Silverstein was also. I mean, he they they totally like used him as an asset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and yeah. I so listen to. But I was just going to speak to what you're saying about in person. They do this with everything, and I agree with you. They know how powerful it is. This is part of why so much of uh, their uh, social engineering and the uh, you know weaponization against the masses is done through Hollywood entertainment and music. It was funny. I was at I did a podcast with uh, Jay Dyer and his wife Jamie this weekend. I was over there, and Jay was like, "What music do you like?" And so I'm like telling him, "I'm like," and uh, my fiance was like. She basically likes, you know, all the music the CIA created. And he's like, well, that's all of it. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. But it has to be good or it doesn't work. That's our joke around here. It's like it has to be good or doesn't we love the Rolling Stones. It's like Tavistock, but it has to be good. (laughs) But this is the thing. The reason it is good is because Tavistock was created to do this psychological research so they would know what was effective on the masses. And then they, in turn, weaponized that. And they did it through the shells of these think tanks that were under the guise of being wartime research. I always make this joke that, you know, if they put the D in front of it for defense, they pretty much can do whatever they want. And they have a black ops carte blanche budget to do so, right? We had ARPA, which was much more transparent. I mean, ARPA did some things that were, you know, not always favorable or pro-humanity, but it was very trans, much more transparent. They put a D in front of it so it could be DARPA, because they wanted to be able to ensconce and make all of these uh, research projects covert so that we didn't know about it. But you should pay all this money for them to do it and they can do whatever they want. They don't tell you what they're doing with their money. But they do this. They, this is why they change the Hertz, right? The the 432 to 442, 40, 40, 40, was it? Uh, it's 442, I 432 to 440. Yes, to 440. And they did it because they know like music can be, it has the power to effectuate change on a cellular level. It can elevate or it can be detrimental. And let me tell they, you how, they, sorry yeah. about the comedy scene. Let me tell you how uh, scary it is sometimes. I, I went to the comedy store. I, I roast battled Keith Carey in the belly room of the comedy store. And I had been there before and I wasn't happy with my performance. So I flew back from New Orleans. I flew back the next week. I want, I, I go, I want your best guy. Give me Keith Carey. His friend at the time, I'm dead naming, but Joe Dosh came in the green room and said, you suck. Do you know you're not funny? Why do you think you could do this? Why do you think you can do this? You suck. Like fu- fucking you bombed last week. Do you think like this week you're going to do good? You so, like you you shouldn't even be here. Why are you even here? Now that person's Fifi Dosh after uh vagina plasty. They put a now <laughs> Fifi douche is different now. But what I'm saying is, you know, in when we do events in in real person, that's why it's so important because you see people's true colors. You see who's, you know, scamming extra cash siphoning off the cash stream you see like when people show up like that's when you learn like i don't know um sam tripley and i became very fast friends because i think we always give each other fair dealings and that's very rare in uh i mean the comedy store had a hen pecking culture of yeah you should probably quit you should probably quit all from insecurity because they know at any time they can lose a roast battle and be knocked out and look looked real vulnerable and everyone's scared of being vulnerable so they would rather try to do fifth generation warfare in the green room anyway that's why you need to go to these podcast conferences this summer 
and do a bunch of mushrooms overnight with your buddies. Yeah. Because that's what's going to get you feeling like there's hope and that you're re-energized and that it's not a hopeless battle against these motherfuckers using fifth generation warfare against us. That uh, there's more of us than them. And I think sometimes we need a reminder of that. We get very yeah. sort of down and this information is terrifying. I mean, we know shit that, you know, that makes it really tough to kind of deal Right. No, so I just, I well, just try to fry. They're using the mushrooms as just generation warfare right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Peter Thiel is a, got a whole company on a synthetic. I know. I he's know. got three. Who does? Who does? Three. Courtney. Peter Thiel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. Who the right wing zealots think is their savior, along with Elon Musk? I know. And it's then very he's dangerous. also got money in about seven others, but he's a soft partner. In those, like everything that's got approval in terms of synthetic psychedelic research, Peter Thiel's either in the driver's seat in. for, or yeah, I mean, it's nefarious as hell. Do I? Mm, yeah. or, can can I share that at the farmers market? I'm in Costa Rica now. At the farmers market last Friday. Dorsey was at the farmers market in Costa Rica, apparently looking for community. Dorsey? Jack Dorsey. Did you talk to him? Did you go up to really? Jack no, Dorsey? Was? I missed him. Oh, oh, damn oh, straight no. Sorry. Go back, are you go living back there Saturday. now? Or are you just on Saturday. vacation or that event you're into? Are you an expat now? Or? No, I've escaped. I was ousted out of my house in Florida. They were yeah. turning it into an Airbnb and and uh, escaped. And, and this is what I could find. And it's gorgeous here. I, the food is the food is amazing. But I want to share that I don't have community because these hippies, like I'm an intellectual and I've gone to just share some things and there's been like a visible, like the chicks will visibly take back like, Ooh, that's very intense. I'm mm -hmm. like, that's five seconds. Imagine five years. So <laughs> I'm frustrated because these are not my, these are not my peeps and I, I'm secluded. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, mean, I felt that way in California. I was very immersed in that whole like hippie. Yeah, hippie? yeah, Monica, you know, I was very immersed in because, you know, I was in the uh, like circus community, essentially, right. you know, I was an acro yoga teacher and a partner acrobatics and the aerial arts. And, you know, there was some like I was in the fitness industry, too, and I was an actress. So in all of those communities, it's like, yeah, they're super that they're now they want vaccinated like <laughs> they were totally off the wall and now i mean it's just the craziest thing to me like it's okay to have free everything except for they will hold you down yep and give you something outdated it's just so it's so insane to me it's it, so and insane. it's such a it's such a parrot like that it's such an oxymoron like they're they're such walking paradoxes there it's are like bumper stickers that say hands off my body and like right. i just feel like you know um do you ever see the russian it's a russian like thing stop a douchebag and they have terrible like drivers and they go and slap like a sticker that's impossible to get off right in the middle of the guy's windshield for like driving yeah. like a douchebag so my idea is to have one of those stickers that just has like you know jab or like a needle or whatever with like a red sign and a line through it and just stick that on every car that has that bumper sticker hands off my body like it's perfect i love it i'm perfect. completely on on board with their <laughs> philosophy i'm just going to clarify a little ideology that would be consistent but it's really it's maddening because they're also 
like the younger generation is talking is like they can claim they're communists yep. and then they're they're for vax mandates i'm like okay so you want to tax like take money from me give it to a you know global corporation and then yep. force me to be a customer of it like i don't even i don't even mind that you're stealing my money but like you're forcing me to be a customer of this global uh thing and then and and calling yourself a communist it's really it's really amazing it's amazing and so i invented a term like you know they the basket of deplorables i feel like the other side is the basket of irrationals they're yeah the they are just totally irrational there's no ideological consistency and then they're on the on the corner putting big like pastel chalk like black lives matters with their with their big heart and everything and i know it's just like little you know rich white girls doing it but totally. it's totally spooky yeah Oh, oh, that 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 was actually how I, I mean, I I can't prove it, but I'm like 99% sure this is how I got fired from one of the gyms I worked at because she one of the girl who actually got me the job was was exactly what you're talking about. She was like one of these, you know, from a very affluent family, like total like blue blood white girl. Right. And she she reaches out to me telling me that she's so disappointed in me because I didn't put a black square for Blackout Tuesday. And, you know, I, I knew we didn't align, you know, that our there was a lot was of like, pressure that day. A lot. Oh, of, I know other people had pressure at work for that. It was just like a blackout thing for Black Lives Matters. Right. But it matter. Was, but it, I, I tried to be very like, diplomatic about it because I, I knew we didn't agree. So I was like, I'm not looking for fight. And I just said, you know, I, I just feel you can do a lot more for a cause in person than by, you know, virtue signaling on a black square. And and it, she I, I mean, it went back and forth. I, I first really tried just not to even answer, but then she kept pressuring me, and that's what I said. I really just tried not to engage. And then she 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 just like got so upset and kept telling me how my silence was violence, and you know that we can't we can't just be. This, this is what she told me, and I I died laughing because <laughs> she said you can't just be like white up uh, like pro white feminists, and I was like. I, you have the wrong girl. Like, I'm not a feminist. <laughs> I was like, I you lost me a feminist. Yeah. I'm like, like you lost me there. So it's like, we're, we're, we're just a disconnect. But yeah. And then I was just fired say, from the gym. So well, what do you think oh, she'd yeah, say but... now? I mean, I mean, after everything's shaken out after a couple of years, I wonder if she'd realize what a scam it was. Oh, no, she doesn't. She they, That's the thing. They dig their heels deeper. So it depends. There are people who really did turn around. Um, and I, I don't know that they're fully awake now, but there are people who have, I, and I know because some of them reached out to me saying like, I legit, I've had people tell me I legit thought you were crazy or I really thought you were like a bad person. Yeah. Wow. And I've had people tell me and they're like, and you were a hundred percent right. And I had no idea. And it's big you. of them. That's big of them yeah. to get that apology. In the, in, no, it is. Yeah. And that was, and, and they, the, what they said was, you know, they, they couldn't hear it at the time, but it was like little things I said, like started to connect and they couldn't let go of it. It was like, as things would start to reveal themselves, they're like, Corny was talking about that. She's talking about this. And, and they were really mean to me. I mean, really, really mean to me. So, and I agree yeah. with you. It's really big to get, cause a lot of times you don't get that apology. So that was really, these were people who I was actually close to who have said this, come out and say this to me, but other people, just dig their heels deeper because they're i yeah. think in some ways there's the it's the shame too and they just can't admit that they're so far so. off the mark so. off the mark that they have to dig their heels deeper yeah and i think there's one other thing i think that you've established yourself as 
what kind of person you are and they realize like they have to like hate you i have a friend right. who's german and i called him and i was like can you believe they're gonna like mandate whatever and he said they're not handling this well they really obviously we need the mandates but the way they i was just like what the so i told my, my son i was like do you ever talk to that guy i was like i'm gonna give him a couple of years you know, right. give him a couple of years to get his head together. But, you know, it's quite pot like after a 20 year or 30 year relationship, it's possible like we'll just never talk to each other again because we're on two totally different sides of this divide. So this yeah. happened. I, I will share this. This happened. This was a very talk about close friends. She was one of my best, best friends. And the, I never did like it was never spoken that it was over what, you know, the political milieu. Uh, but she would just stop talking to me. And this was like a friend of several decades. And uh, it was kind of out of the blue. Um, and she had reached out and, uh, you know, I responded. And then she, she said, can we talk? And she called me and she said that she like basically just started crying. And she's like, you know, I, I thought we'd be friends forever. And this is my fault. I, I know that, you know, I did this and she she's like, I know I was wrong. And I know this was huge. And she said that the thing for her was that like, I would reach out, you know, just kind of like very, like I wish her a happy birthday, but I would gauge, you know, I didn't push because she obviously pushed me away. I mean, just stop talking to me. Like this was somebody who would call me several times a day, like stop talking to me. And uh, yeah. And uh, she said that on her birthday, she said to her husband, she's like, she remembered my birthday. And her husband was like, well, yeah, you've been best friends for decades. Like, do you think she's going to forget your birthday? And she told me, she said, yeah, but I told him I felt like it was like an olive branch. Like, even though I had wronged you so much, like you still reached out. And uh, she still couldn't come around because. Wow. You know, so she yeah. still she told you that we're still you're still not friends. No, no, no. At that point, you are. She so she came back around completely. She came back around. And I mean, we're still not like, I don't know if like, I, I don't know what the future holds, but, right. you know, it's not like the same kind of like we're no, not because there's that were. divide, regardless of who's right or wrong. Like you just had this thing like you and I actually think it's on their side because for me, I, I legit she thought and in, in the beginning they were writing stuff like. There was that school in Florida. It's like, don't, if you get vaccinated, like stay home for a few days, which is what they used to write in cancer wards, by the way. Oh, and no. then if you just say, you know, cause you're screwing up the other gals, like menstrual cycle, you know, and, and they were. And I, and also I noticed, like, I never knew a single solitary person who had COVID until the vaccine started rolling out. And I was like, and then everybody, all of a sudden everybody had it. So in my mind, I'm like, you guys are the problem and you know and you and you're and you're the haters like i'm not even hating you i just think you're misguided and exactly. a total menace to my personal health but <laughs> right. i'm gonna forgive you for that because the propaganda is strong but <laughs> but they were the haters and i was like i mean just so you know like you're a danger to me like if i right. get sick because i'm not vaccinated i'm not really a danger to you but you're spreading this stuff around which used to be a known thing i mean anyway so i just feel like that they were the angry ones is so weird to me it's just so uh, upside down anyway what no, else is no, new and and but and she kind of really admitted that she was like yeah it was just like the pressure was so strong and like she was getting fed for, she works in like you know the the pharmaceutical industry and like you know she was getting fed it from everywhere like from her 
like her family, friends, yeah. work everywhere. And, you know, so she, it, it was interesting because she didn't come out and say exactly, but basically, yeah, but she says, but like, but it was funny because was admitting that that's what it was. Yeah. You and me and Miriam are like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are the guys' experiences? Because there has to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, there has to be a parallel way that guys deal with this. I assume it's just like pretend nothing ever happens, and then either you never talk to each other again, or you punch each other in the arm. I really don't know. I sent somebody <laughs> a clip. I have a friend of mine who wasn't talking to me because of the COVID situation, and it was a good friend, a friend for a long time, and he's a jazz musician. He always talked about the, one of his the social clubs. So I went into the, one of his the social club and took some pictures and some videos and sent him the message say hey man hope you're doing well we haven't talked in a while but just want to let you know yeah. i love you i'm at the buena vista social club you know uh and uh you always talked about it give your love to you know my love to your family and nothing crickets still crickets. over this COVID situation it just there's a and this is a big reason ladies and gentlemen why i can't like i don't get a lot of help in my area the anti-imperialist leftist field of sorts because of my beliefs on COVID, you know, I was almost right. pointed out, you know, as one of those guys. And it's it was, a capitalist yeah. plot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the that, thing that's th crazy. Well, listen, or crony capitalists. Like, I don't want to get, you know, it, it's, well, but it's whatever. They're all. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a capitalist plot. Same bird. You know, <laughs> is capitalist totally. never. Has it ever not turned into some form of crony capitalism? I mean, right. whatever the I case mean, may and be. not only that, but, semantics. So much of the yeah. underlying current between those, uh, the the economic philosophies were created by to be the the dialectic. I mean, Adam Smith's like free market capitalism is literally based predicated on Mandeville, who is an open Luciferian. This is it's a eugenics Malthusian principle, and it is when you think about it, it's essentially the Luciferian principle of virtue through sin, right? So, how do they market capitalism to the United States? Oh, greed is good. Why is greed good? Because it incentivizes people to work harder, to amass more materialistic, uh, you know, goods, so that they it can uh, creation, funnel them into Courtney. the economy. What inspiration? That's what it yes. does. Okay, right. But this a priest is just really sent me a book. Von Hayek, who's, you know, touted as like the, the oh, premier okay. of the Austrian School of Economics, the free markets, like essentially Von Hayek's last chapter of his book, Road to Serfdom, is advocating for we need a one world government. Von Hayek was also advocating all the free markets. Free markets was a lie that was sold to the United States to export production and manufacturing overseas. Courtney, and we to have to have industrialize the United I know, States. Right? I think we have to just get into this. Like, I need I, at least two hours of your time. But here's hours. a book that I okay. need. Well, two hours at a time. This Give is a book that I think Courtney would we'll either it. love to read or could have written, which is the Milner <laughs> Fabian Conspiracy. And yeah, there are yeah. a lot of books that like have that kind of a, a title, but this is just, it, mm. it refers to Quigley, it refers to Sutton, it refers to that stuff, but it is chock full of documentation about where it all, like it absolutely connects every single dot of like, all the organizations. The EU what, used to be called the ECSC. Called the, Milner the, the Milner Fabian Conspiracy. Yeah. Who wrote it? About the Milner Rhodes, uh, Cecil Rose, uh, like scholarship. Yeah, it's it can be hard to find this book. It's I O A N is his first name, and his last name is R A T I U. He's what I think is called a gentleman scholar. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's really it's amazing. And I, I, I discovered through this that the original name of the European Union was the ECSC, the European Coal and Steel yes. <laughs> Community, and it was just about uniting the market and monopolizing industry in Europe. And literally, it's just like changed the name and that's it. 
and it was 100% like a British a British plot you know and I always wonder like is it is it establishment one I know he talks about that too that's uh that's Quigley Quigley and so but I always wonder what's like on top like is it Tel Aviv or London or New York or whatever, you know? So it depends on what, what I'm reading on any given day, who says who is what. Yeah, that is one of the foundational. You. you guys, Jay Dyer pulling out those books and shit and Richard Grove. Listen, <laughs> um, I know I don't want to drive the bus here and I know we're going to be getting out of here soon, but Charlie Robinson didn't even talk to us about his new show on, on TNT. What the fudge, bro? That's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. come on. I'm so excited for you, dude. That is, that is fucking awesome. I love Thank that you. network. It's a perfect home for you, and I'm glad uh, they got somebody from the truther community on there. You know, otherwise, I mean, you might say that Patrick Henningsen is a guy that gets a little deep over there. I love that. I dude, like, I like, but, I like Patrick's stuff a lot too. You're a great and, company over there. Her boy, her boy Morich yep. is, is fantastic. Geopolitics and Empire, we like him a lot. He's got a radio show like two hours a day, five days a week over there. He's, he's Trove, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good team. Yeah. So I'm doing Saturday mornings. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern to noon, and it's midnight in Brisbane, <laughs> which is where it's based. So I get to do a little Art Bell. So I opened up the uh, nice. Time Traveler only 800 number at the yes, beginning of calls. the show. Yes, yes, we need calls. I did that. Absolutely. So my That's first awesome. show was my first show was two days ago on Saturday. You can uh, you can get it and listen to it at TNT Radio's podcast. App. Did you get I just any find calls? Their channel. Did I'm you sorry? get any calls? Did you get any calls? The the, the, the calls? number is to a, a mental health hotline. Oh. oh my gosh. Well, you need to <laughs> yeah. have another number for your mental health hotline. <laughs> and uh, keep us ask, all sane. I was gonna ask, I was gonna geek out podcast producer style and say, How are you taking calls? Because that's uh yeah, no, no I, I'm we're all trying about to sort calls. that out. Yeah. And you have to have calls God, by no. also from people who don't like you. So that's why you need to be on a network that has like different <laughs> oh, it's like a fight with them. It's not yeah. to fight, but it's to it's to tease out nuances of an argument. I would say, like another guy divide. I don't like the fighting, but I do like the. I do like well, the it's, the, it's not even it's not even set up that way with them. It's two hours, two separate interviews. I did Billy Ray Valentine. Oh, like Amore, uh, leadoff hitter. Yeah. And Tony oh, Arterburn cool. batting second, just to uh, two guys that I know have a ton of experience in radio, and so we did that uh on april 1st and it was a lot of fun and so yeah i'm gonna be doing it every saturday so check it out Ooh. excited to see you, brother. See you on awesome. the 22nd charlie that's awesome yeah that's awesome. hey i yeah. wouldn't mind mentioning something while i'm in here because we've there. talked about uh we've talked about this before on here about the malcolm bendall clean tech that randall carlson went on joe rogan and talked about it and they wouldn't yeah. release it joe wouldn't release it and i've been yeah. talking about it also <laughs> so it's out. The 15 lectures of Bendall is out. It's on randallcarlson.com. So anybody's interested on why okay. Joe might not want to put this episode out. I mean, you can go through, it's a long haul. Like he's got it. He's gone in through all the details, right? But you can skip through some of the lectures. There's 15 of them, but he talks about the car retrofit and the, the generator retrofits. I mean, this apparently, you know, there's a car ripping around in the state somewhere with this i mean there's they're doing tests in other places like it's 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 moving forward are we talking free energy no no it's not technically free energy but it's clean clean exhaust is it free to me uh, and it's way more efficient way more efficient it's 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 basically harvesting the the waste energy out of uh fuel consumption type stuff like combustion engines and stuff like that 
Well, that's the the car, but he's he's working, isn't he? Uh, also working on some technology uh, that would explain the pyramids and and some of the technology that possibly wasn't it's, there something it's the same it's, it's all based on the same similar things similar technologies based on sacred geometry and the ancient wisdom right like the way he, he makes it but you can apply it to all kinds of different things oh. so you could make an engine out of it basically or you could retrofit a combustion engine with it and the exhaust it just it, it basically transmutes the molecules to oxygen like it's it's crazy but it's based on ancient wisdom. So Are for people you? like in our community, like the the way a new technology would come to the world, I mean, it seems pretty amazing and pretty legit. Quite the genesis story. Are you story. familiar with Robert Edward Grant? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. He's been to the pyramids like... Oh, Rob Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah ah. the sacred, like the mathematician guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, he, yeah well, totally. he, that's his hobby is the sacred geometry. Yeah. I mean, he would... The, yeah. He'd he'd be... A, the, if you're in touch with him, like we got to get yeah, this Yeah. He's coming. I, he was on possible. my podcast a few weeks ago. He's yeah. coming back next week. Yeah. Yeah. Mention it to him. Send him the links. I, I've thought about I him. Like that, I feel like he'd be... Yeah. Right up. That yeah. would be right up his alley. And the book that a lot of this was based on by Ken Shoulders called EV, uh, A New Discovery, I think is the title of it, was 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 taken off. Amazon wouldn't publish it. And this guy's now put it on his website, strikefoundation.earth. So apparently this book was was taken away and I, I got a copy now and it's on his website, but it's that Ken Shoulders book is now out there too. So he's trying to get all this stuff out there to basically create some safety around himself. What's, so the more people that know about it, the farther out this is. I mean, there's a whole bunch of documents on strikefoundation.earth as well. Like Dave said would probably, you know, really get into looking at this details too, because he's talking about this stuff that's way above my level of understanding. Oh, and he when he was on, remember when he was on and we talked about this and he talked about, he, he kind of was beating, not beating around the bush. He but was. I think he, he didn't, yeah, he was beating around the bush. <laughs> I was trying to, be, <laughs> trying to find a polite way of saying it. But um. <laughs> Because I, he was doing it on purpose because it, and it was funny how many people on the call either had similar experiences or have heard of people who had similar experiences because he was talking about experimenting with some stuff at his house and it ended up sending out a signal because apparently they're monitoring, have some sensor satellites in some way. They know people are getting close to this type of technology or whatever technology they don't want to go out to the public. And all of a sudden people showed up at his house and he was kind of nervous and, and kind of beating around the bush in regards to this. But um, I know uh, Chuck or, or Chelly, he was on the call. He's another one who was, who, who was like, you know, expanding on this. And it was just, um, there, there's something, there's something there. Right. And, and again, I keep beating a dead horse in, in regards to, you know, it just seems so weird that, Rogan will not release this episode. He is so close with Randall Carlson. He, you know, they're friends. He's been on there a bunch. He's constantly ex talking about how much he adores this guy and all the research he, he does. And that for Randall to bring this guy on Malcolm and not release the episode after, you know, and all this excitement that was around the release of this episode and, and it possibly being a missing piece to the puzzle of like how our, ancient ancestors uh, were doing things and building things and, and their understanding of the universe. Uh, it's just so, it's so weird because, you know, I don't buy this whole, it's too controversial to release bullshit because yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. He, 
he's had Peter McCullough on at the height of the COVID stuff. He he's had plenty of people who have been banned on plenty of other platforms. There's something unusual there. Is it is it really Rogan's? Is it him? Maybe someone else is is <laughs> cock blocking it. He does have security. He doesn't talk about it a lot, but he has a pretty. You know, did somebody a guest on his show just recently was talking about how his security detail was very impressive, and it, so who know? I mean, obviously, when you're that big, there's why would, yeah, of course you would, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and not just that, we talk about social engineering. Well, if they look at, it, it, we know that they there's no avenue they won't go down to to better uh, understand society, culture, and how to manipulate it and control it. Well, what's more obvious than like JRE? Like if you're looking to to manipulate Yeah, I agree. You know, that has to be something that... I say that that a lot. Yeah. They've looked into... And I know Sam's a good... I mean, I've been listening to... He was what inspired me to start my podcast in 2013. He was one of the shows that opened the door to a lot of, you know, Graham Hancock and a lot of these other guys. And, um, but, but yet, like, you have to assume there's definitely, there could be some threats. There could be, who knows, you know, there's Spotify. Let's not forget. There's, there's, there's Daniel Eck, who's a, Daniel Eck is a world economic forum, young global leader. I feel like I keep, I say that every 35 (laughs) minutes on this show, Jesus Christ. But this, this cannot be overlooked. Maybe it's their call on it. Well, I mean, they've gone and made their own. So they've gone and made now their 15 series video of it. So maybe they wouldn't have done that if Rogan released it. So, I mean, maybe it's a good thing. They had to kind of go out and do that themselves, right? Yeah, maybe it's going to be like that. And now, you know, he's calling it the implosive energy revolution. And I mean, I, you know, I'd love it if people would look at it and and pick it apart or see what they think. I mean, I, I seem to think it's legit, but I mean, I don't have the technical expertise to say that, but. Graham, can you throw the link in the. Yeah, what's. Please. Yeah, please and do that. I got the Strike Foundation, but what's the where can we watch the the video yeah. series? It's uh, randallcarlson.com okay. slash the Mal- the Malcolm Dash Bendall lectures. I'll put it I'll put it in here. Okay, okay. You can yeah. find it on Randall's site, but you gotta go over to the watch and listen. Like you gotta go over to the gotcha. menu and pick watch and listen, and it's oh. in there. And it's cool. also on it's also on HowTube as well. I don't know if they're putting it on YouTube, but I mean they're really they just really want to get this out there as fast as as possible. Well, the thing—I mean, think about it. I mean, this—the fact that during COVID, Rogan would push back and he got those episodes out, but this is not out. I mean, it all, almost makes you think like it's almost a bigger threat. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's—I mean, you—you you have to look at the largest platform on the planet uh, as something that should at least be at this point considered mainstream. And that tells you a couple of things. It tells you how far we've come in terms of pushing the conversation. It tells you. Well, Davos did have a meeting about the threat of the alternative media and how they need to be silenced. Yeah. Yeah. It, It tells you how, you know, how like hard their foot is on the gas pedal in terms of meeting everything by 2025, 2030, 2050, where you can just sort of, you know, throw a little bit of caution to the wind and move on with the agenda. And what it also says is that there's, you know, going to be allowable parameters for conversation that a lot of what we talk about is just never really going to get onto that show. 
people who watch that show can find all of us relatively easily. It's a one or two hop away from everybody's show on here mm-hmm. from, from Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? But yeah. but it doesn't necessarily work the other way around where what we talk about has a place within those parameters of conversation. Uh, and it, it's it, people get really mad when you bring that up. And I can't. I can't understand why, because I do look at it in a lot of ways in terms of how we've been able to move the conversation and what people are both organically and algorithmically driven to think that they want to to listen to and the kind of things they're looking for. Yeah, and, I think and he's, uh, community- he's really familiar with uh, with like what happened to. Um, the guy, the Stanley Meyer and the, and the car that was running on water and with Tesla's technology and all the, you know, he thinks this has been around for 66 years now. It's been suppressed for that long since Kent Shoulders and all these other people discovered this. I think it's, it's, it's sort of part of the cold fusion story as well. Um, so he, he's super familiar with what's happening in the world and, and how dangerous this is to, to the world and how great it would be for the world as well. I think a community, what we were talking about before with the baseball gloves or frisbee golf or boxing or sports or volleyball, like community is the answer. And you have to understand, I think that the libtardarati like have their community. And so they henpeck each other when they get offline of the brainwashing. I mean, I remember I was in New Orleans and there was this cabal of jealous losers. I called it from day one. I got this guy, Andrew Pogue, this fucking cokehead fucking douchebag loser. He would get power boners from douching open micers. Let me say that one more time. He would get power boners from douching open micers. Unfortunately, the only thing I know for sure is Rogan has someone in his inner circle very similar to this that I will roast battle one day. But all I will say about this is I was doing this joke about Caitlyn Jenner's brand new pussy. You know, it's like an etch-a-sketch of the soul. Nothing you did before mattered. (laughs) You know, let's say you're washed up. You feel like an old grizzled man. Just get a new pussy. You know, it's got that new pussy smell. Virgin. This this fucking cokehead loser, Libtard (laughs) Roddy, came up to me and said, oh, that's transphobic. You're a transphobic hack. I went to a house of blues and all these fucking fat wisconsin people came in and i was like okay i'm next okay Wait, this that's our target demographic beat. and i destroyed they were falling nice out to of them. their chairs that i destroyed so hard it was unbelievable this fucking loser cokehead gets on with her fucking social justice warrior mathematics cat puns and fucking bombed and i go yeah because i'm such a fucking dick i walk to the back i look right in this person's eyes i go yeah it's probably transphobic or maybe you're not funny walk okay this is how you have to deal with this i bully back when i know i'm right i have discernment and i know the fight you know someone who can't tell their fucking dick from their deck or their new pussy from their old pussy or i'm triggered by everything i got zimzer derdi das opa oma genders by the way i speak german fucking opa oma that's grandpa grandma in german so you're you're telling me you're a five-year-old Korean girl, gender reassignment. <laughs> Let me look at the board. I'm a German grandpa. No, you're not. No, you're not. Eric, where are what? you performing? We're we're I wrapping this know. shit up. We're I wrapping this know. shit up. It's far too late for this nonsense. I don't know. Go to Eric <laughs> We're wrapping this bullshit up. I insist. Podcast. God okay. damn it. Where are you? 
plug. Let's, Don't be a pussy. Fight back in your local community. Burn. If there's a pile of no wood. No burning down of the communities. All right. Well, if there's a pile of wood in your front yard, you take it in the back and you set it on fire. And if the HOA comes and says, <laughs> oh, I'm a passive aggressive bitch with no self-esteem. Are you having a fire back stairs? You say, I think you're mistaken. It's called a barbecue. Get off my fucking lawn. <laughs> You take Eric care Hollerbeck. of the fucking losers Highway in diaries. Okay, bye. I, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, plug away. Hey, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm uh, Scott Armstrong. LibertyLinks.io forward slash rebunked is all the shows. I got too many to keep track of these days. New shout out to the new show, The Unjected Show. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, it's every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Live call-in show with the founders of the unvaccinated dating site, Unjected.com. It's such course, a great idea. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, you guys. Live call-in so show. Neat. Like, all you guys are going to rotate in as hosts one of these days. But uh, That's anyway, fantastic. But yeah, LibertyLinks.io. Yeah. In the event, and the event rebelsforcause.com. See you all there. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Miriam, what's cooking in Costa Rica? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's cooking? I am, I'm just put out this ebook. I have a show on Fridays called Truth Lives Here. I just interviewed Sean Hibbler on Flat Earth. And oh, cool. my next guest is Cynthia Sue Larson. We're talking about time travel and mandela effect and uh you tell can check me out time travelers to call my uh toll-free number on my it. radio show i'm leaving it open for them and i'm on the hunt in costa rica for some intellectuals and jack dorsey <laughs> you can and check jack me Dorsey. out dot <laughs> com, and uh, the show is fridays on rockfin and rumble truth lives here thank you as always, for having me here. And Honey Colony. And HoneyColony.com. Buzz on over to HoneyColony.com, please. Support the alternative media. Yeah. And get some cool stuff, too, if you're if you're in the market yeah. for it. I bought, bought Christmas presents from your store on multiple occasions. Courtney, what's going on? Uh, well, Look we have away, the event, please. Rebels, RebelsForCause.com. And it's spelled like that. So you spell out the four rebels for cause and uh you'll find all the stuff about the event there we're constantly updating that and it's going to be june 3rd and 4th you can buy tickets for the one day or the two day and uh they, we also have vip tickets so we have a friday night event that we're working on putting together for that and you can find me at courtneyturner.com i spell my name like courtney it's c-o-u-r-t-e-n-a-y turner t-u-r-n-e-r.com and I'm on all the platforms, but uh, my I have another strike on YouTube, so we'll see how long this channel lasts. But <laughs> but I'm on Rockfin, Rumble, VidShoot, Odyssey, and uh, 20 audio platforms, and you can always find my stuff on the website. So do do mushrooms at the conference, but not Peter Thiel connected mushrooms. Yeah, preferably. yeah. Try not to, or none of the big pharma. None of, the, none of that. Yeah. None of that bullshit. Get exactly. the good stuff. Um, right. what's going on with the morning wake up show, Steve? Golly, you guys are just totally. like the like the big morning show on Rockfin that everyone has to watch three hours a day. How do you how do you even do it? It's it's true. Um well fortunately we live in a very silly, silly world. And <laughs> you're not, not short not of getting, uh, material. 
any less absurd anytime soon. Uh, so, so we're, we, we have been gifted by the comedy gods daily. Uh, there, there's no, no cease to the cartoon madness. Uh, Monday through Friday, seven to 10 on Rockfin and Rumble, uh, AM wake up, I, pasta and I have, uh, news blip before usually most everybody else. Um, whether that's a handful oh, yeah. of hours or six weeks or six months or a couple of years, uh, you know, I send stuff to you all the time and you're like, we talked about it on the show this morning. I'm like, God damn. Like you're all, you're always a day or three ahead of everybody else. I, yeah. I, it's, it, it's freaking hectic, my friend. It is. And I think mean, yeah, everybody's welcome on. I think everybody's been on welcome to do that again. Uh, the uh, yeah it's a blast we have conversations with some of the most incredible people uh on the planet and and deconstruct the mayhem well in advance of most people so it's a good time pull up for it i agree do we do we have a nationwide assange uh situation on the 11th april april 11th in dc well april 10th uh in dc at 10 a.m from 10 to noon in front of the british embassy there's going to be an action and then the 11th which marks now four years from when julian assange was kidnapped and trafficked out of the ecuadorian embassy into belmarsh prison where he currently is uh four years from that They'll be from two to four in front of the Department of Justice building uh, in action, and then around the around the planet and uh, a handful of cities in the U.S. There's going to be other events. I don't have all the details in my head of where the other cities are, but if you go to uh, Action for Assange on Twitter, they'll have all of that information. Candles, the number four Assange on Twitter, also has all of that information. Awesome. Uh, yeah, pasta. I mean, uh, yeah, well, uh, ditto. You know, I'm amazed. Uh, I'm very lucky to have a partner like Steve. You get the raw, uh, you know, material over there. We get into ourselves. We start bumping heads, and it's just so real at times. Uh, you know, I love show in the morning. Why, watch that, and don't turn your fucking TV on. Turn that on <laughs> instead. Go to Rock and say. watch that. It's. I agree. Yes. People think you know me and Steve are so different, but I think it just. Makes a great uh, combination. We're still arguing about the same things from the get go, and since we started the show, and it's it's a lot of fun. And also, of course, I do the convo couch three days a week. You know, I, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, did a two hour show today, so three hour show with Steve, two hour show, and now another two hour show. Uh, Steve and I have an episode, a couple episodes. We did a show on Press TV, a uh, little episode on Press TV that just came out recently. I'm going to be on Crosstalk on RT. Oh, did it. Uh, yeah, it's it's out. I'll send it to you. Um, okay. Crosstalk. I'm gonna be on Thursday. Doing like some death to America documentary, and nobody told me until after the fact. Well, that that's something you will get over there. Like you know, I had a friend who's worked over there, and he's been in a room when they're going death to America, death to the America. But they're not talking about the people; they are talking about the government that's overreaching. I know that, and that's kind of weird. But yeah, he's been in a room like that. Obviously, the combo couch. Uh, you know, I think got him a Canadian. Huh? Yeah. Hey, it's I keep seeing Fee on RT getting yeah, in she, my Twitter feed, which is fantastic. So she's still rocking it at RT. You know, she does the news desk. She anchors down over there, and we do our show. You know, uh, we she's going to supposed to meet me on Cuba for me, May Day. Uh, but on the docket this year, we do have Argentina 
for observing their elections, but we should get access. And I'm going to try to get to Guatemala as well. Guatemala, interestingly enough, has the same situation that they had in um, uh, Michigan, where uh, they left a bunch of Republicans off the ballot. That's another form of election suppression is when they just leave people off the ballot. They're trying to do that to the very popular indigenous candidates there in Guatemala. So hopefully we'll get on the ground for that, but definitely Argentina this year. And um, send some love to the Rockfin uh, Arems over there holding it down and because like people like Arem and other donators, man, we're able to do this type of work. And I can't thank these guys enough. Uh, people like them from the bottom of my heart. 80 people watching live, uh, 84 now on, uh, you know, a premium on Rockfin. That might not seem like a lot, but that's a decent amount. And I think you guys should be really proud of this show. And I am just tickled pink that Courtney and Scott, that you guys invited me and Ricky and the crew for having me on. You guys have carved out a little special place. Uh, for a person like myself who might not necessarily have been in the true the community but has mopped up and soaks up all the information you guys give me and i'm thankful that you guys allow me to bring the information to you so i am looking so forward to uh rebels uh for a cause and i put the link to the twitter in the chat guys make sure you follow the twitter i know you might not be all up on twitter but let's follow that twitter uh as well thank you guys well it's it's nice for us to have an election expert that we can bring on when we need to talk about that stuff because certainly not me i don't know jack shit about elections but you know all of it and if there's some country that's doing some up to some fuckery i i there you are reporting from there every time so you know i think <laughs> it's great that you hold these cocksuckers accountable for what they're doing graham um What's up with the new books? Do you have any new audiobooks that oh, have come out recently? I got a cult classic. This is going on YouTube and Audible, but it's called Edadorpa, the uh or the end of the earth. It's from 1901. It's a like it's a cult classic about the inner earth kind of sci-fi secret Shit, uh, yeah. mystery mystery school type stuff. So that's out there. Um and everything's at grimerica.ca. You can find it. There's still a couple spots open for the canyon trip uh April 20th can check out uh, the stars and the myths and go hiking in Bryce and Zion, do some Wim Hof breathing and cold plunges with Brandon. Write it off your taxes. (laughs) Possibly. There you go. Educational. I don't know. Not giving tax advice. That's, that's fantastic. You guys are always doing cool shit. I mean, I just, the idea of, of taking a vacation and like going and doing one of your events for a couple of days sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I want to do yeah, that thanks. at some point. I, yeah, thanks for having having me again, guys. Yeah, we appreciate. It. Hey, Ricky, I watched the whole Jim Brewer interview. He's so cool. <laughs> he's, yeah, you know, he he's he he's in like if you listen if you've listened to the intro to Macroaggressions, he's the guy yelling about launching the six of his Libyan missiles into Sears hardware. That that whole bit is so fucking funny. And uh I have worn that out. I've listened to it so many times from that Ari Shafir show on Comedy Ricky Central. This, this is not happening. And there's Jim Brewer talking about the Sears bombing. It's like a 15 minute video. It's, hysterical and so i love him by default he's in my intro multiple times and then you've got him on and he just seems like the coolest motherfucker in the world who totally knows what's going on like one and, and explains to you that the guy that woke him up to it was Chappelle. like holy shit well i you know the the thing is that when you see people like jim brewer and others come out and publicly start kind of sharing their perspectives and whatnot you realize like there's a lot of people out there who 
probably have similar feelings and worldviews as we do, but they're just not as outspoken or public because they can be career ending or maybe they just don't have the place or platform to do it or, or the audience to share it with. So I, you know, I love when you find out people like him, you know, are, have that you know they're okay with going down these rabbit holes and they're curious and in similar things um danica patrick actually uh interviewed uh what's his name from the bright insight uh youtube channel and uh i ran into the the, the interview and it was just he's been on um what's his name um now i feel like a jerk not remembering his name but it's a great he's very uh similar to like rana carlson and graham hancock type of research and Danica like is so deep down these rabbit holes and I'm just like really you know the the NASCAR gal is yeah. into you know it's so it was it was, was awesome. the first interview that Robert Grant did actually he just started a podcast and she was his first interview oh awesome yeah and so I love I had the guy I don't know Charlie might know who he is uh Jeremy what was his name Jeremy something the guy remember um sports science the little segments on ESPN Oh yeah, yeah. You told me, but yeah, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, he's the just a, like a straight up sports ESPN yeah. show type guy. But he was into your kind of stuff, right? Well, he 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 contacted me, and then after the show ended, we went down all these rabbit holes. I'm like, why don't you talk about this publicly, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and it's uh, so it, you know that happens a lot, you know, and that's why I I have such respect for guys like you know Kevin Sorbo, who's been on my show a few times, and. You know, and and guys like Jim Brewer who will say the unpopular thing and isn't afraid to to maybe lose an audience or piss people off or whatever. Um, and like I always say, like it's easy for myself to be outspoken. It's it's doesn't really affect my life too too much. But these guys, I mean, could absolutely ruin their careers and they could be blackballed. So uh, I give them a lot of uh, respect for being outspoken and doing what they do. But uh, yeah, awesome episode. If people haven't listened to him um, yeah. on my show or listen to him anywhere, really, because he, he any, any interview, he he's awesome on there. And it, like I was joking around when I was talking about how like he's not capable of doing not deep conversations. He always seems to kind of bring that out of people and uh, out of the conversation, which I love. Um, those are the conversations I, I really enjoy. So um, definitely check that out. RippleEffectPodcast.com uh, where uh, a dumbass like me tries to have intelligent conversations. So enjoy. You did. You, I thought it was great, man. I really did. I think he's a he's an interesting dude, and and seems like a good guy, and 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 somebody yeah. that sort of escaped, danced with the devil, <laughs> you know what I mean, in Hollywood, yeah. and then got away, and and said maybe you know like I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm and let not, me say this, Ricky. You might it. be a dumbass, but you're our much. dumbass, and that's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of dumbass. Um, Mike drove a bunch of people suicidal mm. this on Saturday. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus! I, there, I had people emailing me. They didn't know what me. day it was. I mean, Why? listen. I've been doing this, I've been doing the podcast for 16 years. Why would I stop on April Fool's Day? Uh, of course, of course. But I'm never doing that again because all I did was create more work for myself. I had <laughs> a flood of emails coming in. Uh, and very heartfelt too. And I felt bad. You know, I get stories of, like, I got stories from people like, you helped me through my divorce and the loss of my child. And I was like, Jesus. oh my God, I don't, I don't want to put people through more anxiety by saying I'm, I'm shutting the show down. So I felt bad. Or maybe they were giving me an April Fool's prank. I don't know. But, Ooh, look at that. Ooh, with uh, a little double reverse maybe, there. But 
A uh, couple yeah. people did that this April Fool's Day. Kim Iverson did the same thing and freaked a bunch of people out. Yeah. I, it's not I, funny, guys. Not funny. I, I blame Scary. my co-host. I blame my co-host, Joe. He he, he coming up with the, the entire thing, so I'm... I'm Hilarious. He's my scapegoat. But uh, the show continues over at obdmpod.com, rbigdumbmouth.com. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a bunch of uh, fun goofiness over there. And I, I don't envision shutting the show down anytime soon, but uh, who knows? No, it's, <laughs> it's, you, you cannot do it. You cannot shut it down. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting I for, need, I need that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, nonsense in my I, life. I built it to, to where, uh, I, I want to be here to see how it all unfolds. Like, why would people think I would really stop before Project Bluebeam really unfolds like UFOs? It's like, your look, bread and butter. It's right in your wheelhouse. I know. We're getting to the you good part of the plot. You know? towards this, your entire 15-year podcast career to this Project Bluebeam moment, and you're almost there. Holy no, shit. You cannot shut it down. No, yeah. I can't. So. That's the number four choice, though, if you're a gambling person. It's still behind second pandemic, uh, uh, climate change lockdowns, and, you know... Uh, UFOs. Another world yeah. war. So well, yeah. I'm, it's I'm there for all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I personally. Uh, Macroaggressions is out. I have an episode with uh, director Simon Essler of a movie called Cut: Daughters of the West. It is about the medical transition industry, and it is diabolical. This is a, a catastrophe. An entire generation of children are being manipulated into thinking that they are something that they are not, and it is a medical industry that is profiting. And it is an ideology that is very unusual. And this guy did a great job. So his uh, his movie is uh, available on Vimeo. I think it's coming out in uh, like a week or so. But I think you can get on the pre-order for it. I would suggest at least go over there and watch the trailer. See what you think. Or you can listen to the episode at Macroaggressions. Um, also, Day Zero. Follow me on Twitter at Macroaggression. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Share this Thank episode you, with uh, no, whoever. Friends, friends and family, I guess, maybe. You got friends and family, maybe. It's free. Still have Yeah. Great what do you show want from us? On April Fool's, I told a bunch of close friends that I was gay. and um, <laughs> You're supposed to be joking, not telling the truth, Ricky. What the hell is wrong with you? They wrote me April back Truth Day. We kind of knew. Not like it was a joke. It was Steve's birthday. I mean, how great was that, dude? If you have the opportunity to go see Ryan Long's stand-up, go see Ryan Long's stand-up. He absolutely just slays. Uh, and that's a dude who, like, understands oh. what's going on. Monica Perez, she was here. Go check out Propaganda Report. M. Tripoli, Tinfoil Hat. All check links in the out. description. Links in the description. Bye, everyone. Love Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you.